You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mythic Thunderloo is produced independently, but you can find us on Patreon. Also, in this episode, we'll be building a D&D character from scratch, so if you'd like to build along with us, you can download a character sheet by googling 5th edition character sheet and using the website D&D Beyond. That's the letters dndbeyond.com. Again, listeners, game maker Michael Darty here with my pal Richard R. Henry. How you doing, Richie? I'm good. I'm very excited, but I'm also a little nervous. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to walk you through this step by step. Okay. Last episode, we talked about the basics of RPG gameplay with what we called D&D 101. But today, I wanted to do more of a deep dive into actually playing the game. Researching this has been very helpful for me as a reminder, both as a player and a DM, as to what the fuck is actually going on, <laughs> you know? It's a lot. I mean, there's a, there's so many variables in this. There's a lot of actual rules, so hopefully I can impart some wisdom here. Yeah. Have you got your character sheet pulled up, Richie? I have it pulled up. I'm ready to rumble. All right. With that, it is time for D&D 201, Building a Character. So picture the Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones cameo of your fantasies. Yes. And we are going to make that dream a reality. Cool? I'm excited. Yes. Can be as irreverent, anachronistic, or earnest as you would like. It'll be all those things, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing a player must decide are their class and race. Mm. How you look versus how you fight. Let's start with race. These are the exact kind of species that you might find in Lord of the Rings. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, or as they're known in D&D, halflings, right? And many, many more. So if you want to pull up the races link in that sheet I sent you. Yeah, I'm clicking it open now. So check it out. Scroll through them in addition to what you look like. These also add a fun layer of personality and ability to your character. For instance, elves are known for their wisdom and grace. Right. Gnomes for their joy and loyalty, and halflings for their curiosity and peacefulness, making Roscoe Chubb (laughs) the most unlikely halfling (laughs) ever created. So yeah, you see anything that jumps out at you here? I mean, uh, you guys don't deal in Dragonborn. But you want to be a Dragonborn. I mean, it's kind of exciting to be a monster. Let's make a Dragonborn. Yeah. 
So dragonborns are sort of human dragon hybrids. They look very much like dragons only. They stand on two legs. They speak the common tongue, which is the preferred language of the players. Uh, tends to be a little more on the evil side, but that, my friend, is for you to decide. I'm excited for him to be a little evil, I think. Okay, I'm very yeah, excited yeah. by that. <laughs> okay, um, and then we're going to hop over to character classes, if you want to click that link. Okay, got it. So, your class really determines how you want to play the game. Yeah. For instance, in Thunderloot, Edgar represents the bard class, musical storytellers who are also all about charm and charisma. While they might have strong personalities, they're maybe not the best fighters. Jocasta is a druid, which are spellcasters who focus their abilities on healing and animals. Okay, yeah. Pugface is a rogue, which are known for their precision and stealth. Yeah. Roscoe is of the monk class, which is another kind of fighter, a little more disciplined in their trade. So, check it out. Anything jumping out at you here? I like magic. I like using magic. Great. I, I like the idea of a dragon cleric. I love that for you. Yeah. So, clerics are priestly champions who wield their magic in service of a higher power. Lucky for you, in the world of Thunderloot, there is a draconic pantheon, so you'll even get to choose which of the dragon gods you would like to serve. Ooh, that's exciting. In fact, let me just pull up a tab and drop you a link if that's cool. I was gonna be so impressed if you listed them all up. I would have been too, honestly. <laughs> If you're excited by the evil or the fighting elements... I gotta say, the evil draws me in. ...could be Perrin, god of war, or Velma, god of death. If I'm a big-ass dragon, I should be aligned with the god of death. Let's do Velma, god of death. Yeah. So we can make sure that your spells you end up choosing are very focused on death, that, that, that they're very on the attack. Okay. And that you are a, a magical killing machine. Cool? Yeah. Do you save the name for last? Let's do it right now. Okay. <laughs> Richie, what do you want? to be called. Well, I'll tell you, I've been thinking about what my character name would be, and I just went to Greece recently. Yeah. And I'm holding the Lonely Greek Islands travel book. Love it. And when I was in Greece, all these different towns and different islands, like, they were great names. They sounded like names from Game of Thrones. And I thought, what a perfect thing. I, I, I would like to be a one-named person like Cher or Madonna, you know? I'm obsessed. <laughs> and I'm literally picking it at random, and it is a place called Saradari. Saradari. Saradari, S-A-R-A-D-A-R-I. Great, put that in as your name. Yeah. You've added those things under race and class. Now let me draw your attention to the top left column. We talked a little bit about this in D&D &D 101. Your character's attributes. Yes. Yeah. These are your character's broadest abilities, right? Broken down into two basic principles, physical and mental. Okay, gotcha. The physical are strength, constitution, and dexterity. Right. Now, the mental are intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Okay, gotcha. These six categories cover every type of action a player could attempt in gameplay. So, you want to push someone, you're going to roll strength. You want to tell if someone's lying, you're going to roll wisdom. You want to balance on a narrow bridge, you're going to roll dexterity. Okay, I'm following, I'm following. So, we are about to generate six numbers to determine which of these you are proficient in. To do this, you can roll a 20-sided die seven times and lose the lowest number. Okay, I'm rolling the die. Here we go. 17. Okay. 6. Okay. 10. Okay. 17. Great. 18. Okay. 
14. All right. And I've lost track of how many more I need to roll of these. You need one more roll. Okay. <laughs> Five. Okay, and that's the one we're losing. Okay. So your numbers are 17, 6, 10, 17, 18, and 14. Okay. Now we're going to assign these numbers to each of these attributes. Some of these will be class and species specific. For instance, bards should have high charisma because they're performers. Elves have high dexterity. Dragonborn should be very strong and very charismatic because they're quite intimidating. So your strength score increases by two and your charisma score increases by one. Gotcha. So let's give you one of your big honking numbers. You've got two 17s. Would you like that to be your strength and charisma? The, the, those Like in the video games, you don't want to put too much to physical strength when you're a spellcaster. That's a great point. Uh, the thing about a dragonborn is that they are also strong. Right. While you can cast a spell, you can also carry a battle axe and like slice some people up too, you know? Fair enough. So 17 for strength. Oh, you've also got an 18. Oh. So, so that's at your disposal too. What traits amplify my spells? So I think wisdom is going to be what helps you with spell casting. We should put the highest number, I think, in the wisdom. In wisdom. Great. So let's, let's put 18 as your wisdom. We'll go 17 as your charisma and 17 as your strength. Strength. Now, your strength score increases by two. So you get to make that strength score a 19 uh-huh. and you get to add one to your charisma so you get to make that an 18. So we're starting off strong here. Yeah, we're starting off strong. Yeah. 14, 10, and 6 are to be distributed among the remaining three traits. He could be like me and not be that bright. He could be very dim. <laughs> Do you want intelligence to be your lowest? Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. So let's go with six for that. Okay. And what does that leave us with? Dexterity and... Constitution. Constitution. Okay. You're also a big bruiser, so you don't need to be particularly dexterous. Right. And constitution is going to be the thing that keeps you from succumbing to poison and fear and all these kinds of things. We want that to be strong. So in that case, you probably want to to go with 14 for your constitution okay. and 10 for your dexterity. What's funny is as you build these characters, they start to sort of become who you are. I often find that <laughs> although I find that my strength as a D&D character way, way, way surpasses my own. That's the element of fantasy, right? <laughs> exactly, <Absolutely. laughs> exactly. So now that we've got that figured out, we can figure out your modifiers. Okay. So this is the number you will add to your 20-sided rolls when playing the game. Okay. So if you're rolling for strength, you don't add 18, you add your modifier to it. Ah, so that's the little circle underneath. Precisely. That's where you would put that. So to, to figure this out, you subtract 10 from your ability score and then half that. Ah, okay. So strength is 19. So that's going to be nine. But half that, and we always round down. So that would be a four. So that's an incredible modifier. Okay. A standard is like about two. Gotcha. Now it is possible to have negative modifiers. That's probably my intelligence, right? When we get for sure. <laughs> so do that for the rest of it. So yeah, subtract 10 and then half it. So if it's 10, that's zero. Half of zero is zero. So yeah, that'll just be zero. That's just zero. Okay. Uh, four, half of that is two for constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligence is six, half of that is three. Yep. And then, oh, well, you can't subtract 10 from six. So how does that work? Right. So, so now we're going to have our first negative modifier. Ah, so okay. negative four, but half would be negative two is going to be your modifier for that one. 
negative two. Okay. And 18 is... Uh, that would be eight. So so four would be your modifier for 18. Four. You're good at this. You're do quicker than I am with numbers. That's what I'm here for. The same for charisma. So yeah, basically this means that in the things that you're strong in, like your strength, your wisdom, your charisma, you're going to be adding these numbers because you're really good at that thing because... You you lack intelligence. Right. It's actually going to be to your detriment to factor that into those roles, right? You're subtracting two from those roles. Luckily, those numbers are high from the other ones. You'll also notice that each of these six attributes has a set of subcategories or skills. For instance, dexterity gets broken down into acrobatics, sleight of hand, and stealth, right? I see, yeah. The number assigned to these is simply the modifier for that ability score. So your dex mod is 10. Oh, no, the mod is zero. Is zero. Great. So you don't add anything to those scores. So that would be a zero for acrobatic sleight of hand and stealth checks. Okay. So yeah, just take that modifier for each of those categories and, and put those into those skills. Got you. It's clear what's what on the sheet, right? Yeah. Let me just go to all the wisdoms, intelligence... Okay, I'm all filled in on my skills list. Great. Some of these skills can be affected by proficiencies, things that your particular character is good at. Yeah. So just as we had an ability score increase based on the race of Dragonborn, we have proficiencies based on class. I'm looking at the proficiency bonus. So your proficiency bonus is plus two. It changes at each level, but we're going to build you a level one character. Okay. So for the cleric, you get to choose two skills to improve in from history when you're trying to like know things about the world that you're existing in. Okay. Insight is when you're trying to perceive like if someone's lying. Yeah. Medicine, which is exactly what it sounds like. Persuasion, convince someone to join your team or do something for you. Right. Religion would be for anything to do with your religion that you've chosen. Wow. I cannot believe how in-depth this is. I know. It's insane, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's crazy. It's deeper than me. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I don't have all these traits. A little inside baseball here, you're going to be rolling insight and persuasion the most of all five of these things. Ah, then we should do that. I, I would recommend that because anytime you're like interacting with an NPC, you might say something that's trying to persuade them. Yeah. And insight, can you perceive that they're trustworthy or not? That's going to be pretty helpful. Gotcha. So we'll add your proficiency bonus to that. You just filled out all of your skills. They're right next to your big six ability scores. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So it was a four. Now it's a six. Precisely. Let's hit the other stats on the sheet. I'm ready. Starting with initiative. Okay. Yeah. In Dungeons and Dragons, like many role-playing games, it's turn-based when dealing with combat. Okay. So if, if all the characters were fighting at once, as would happen in real life, it would be a little too chaotic to actually play out. Everyone would be talking over each other. Right. So instead we roll initiative. This decides the order of turns during combat. Gotcha. We roll our 20-sided die. Basically, the higher you roll, the earlier in combat you get to fight. This is what you want, right? So it's who gets to go next. But we add a number known as initiative to this role. Generating your initiative number is quite easy. It is your dexterity modifier. Ah, which is zero. Great. <laughs> so under initiative, you're just going to put a big old zero. Cool? Okay, there it is. Okay, so speed is the maximum number of feet you can travel in a single move. Mm -hmm. This number is dictated by your character's species. Most species, including Dragonborn, travel at a, a rate of 30 feet per turn. So you can put 30 feet for that. Uh, if you're moving stealthily or on difficult terrain, you're going to move slower at a rate of 20 feet per turn. But if you're flying or riding a horse or any mount for that matter, you can soar at a rate of 60 feet per turn. Oh, okay. We mentioned this briefly, but 
just to state it explicitly, let's chat about level. Mm. So we've, we've been building a, a level one character. So you can put that where it says level at the top of your sheet. Cleric level one. Typically when you're playing, starting level is determined by your dungeon master uh, based on how powerful they want you to be starting out. So we're keeping it simple by building a level one character. Okay. This affects how high your ability scores are. And if you're a spellcaster, the number of spells you can perform in a day. Okay. Every time you level up, you look up the things within that class and they'll tell you what is changing on your character sheet when you level up. Yep. You'll also notice it says experience points. Mm -hmm. These are awarded by the DM as you go along your journey, usually after an encounter or combat. Another way to do this is just level them up after they've done an insane battle. Okay. Languages. These are super straightforward, dictated by your species. Dragonborn can definitely speak, read, and write draconic. And they can also speak the common tongue, preferred language of the players, which in our case is going to be English. Draconic is thought to be one of the oldest languages and is often used in the study of magic. So fitting that you are a spellcaster. They come across the, the door of an ancient tomb and it has draconic on it. I can read you it. You can translate that. Mm -hmm. This language sounds harsh to most other creatures and includes numerous hard consonants and syllables. If you're trying to build a character voice for your dragonborn, something like a little harsh and dragony sounding might be the way to go. But of course. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Gold. Let's talk about gold. The amount of gold you start with can be determined by any number of things, including class, background, starting level, all of which you can find in the handbook, or really any amount agreed upon by the dungeon master and the player. For us, I'd like to roll according to class. Okay. It says that clerics roll 5d4 times 10 to calculate their goals. So you're going to roll the four-sided die five times. The four-sided die. It looks like a pyramid. Got gotcha. you. Okay. First one is three. Okay. Next one is one. Okay. Next one is three. Okay. Next one is one. Okay. Next one is one. Great. That is a total of nine. We're going to multiply that by 10, giving you 90 gold pieces. See these little things it says cp sp ep gp oh yeah there is cp yeah yeah next to gp you'll put 90 ah gold pieces yep got it now we get to spend some of that money L let's start with armor this will affect your armor class or ac it's at the top center of your character sheet and kind of looks like a shield yes armor class so ac is your defense in battle it's the number that your enemies need to roll higher than in order to hit you okay you'll see armor listed in that equipment page armor and shield with the cleric class, you're proficient in light and medium armor. So if you choose one of those, you'll be able to add your proficiency bonus to it, which is plus two. I mean, I'm a dragon. I've got scales and stuff, right? I feel like I, I could do well with just padded armor. You're adding it to your dexterity mod. For what, what's your dex mod? Zero. So yes, in battle, your armor class is also your ability to dodge. I see. So since you're just this giant target, you're actually quite easy to hit. Entirely dependent upon the armor that you put on your body. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. So you've got 90 gold to spend. So you're looking at hide armor gets you 12 AC, chain shirt gets you 13, scale mail gets you 14. But if you go with scale mail, you're going to be rolling disadvantage on stealth checks. Oh, because that would make noise, right? Precisely. You'd be clanking all around. We should probably go with a, a hide, right? Well, I would recommend that the chain shirt. Okay. One point higher in armor class than the hide armor, and you're not rolling at a disadvantage. 
advantage on stealth checks. Yes. Okay, got it. That would be 50 gold pieces. Dang. I'm really cutting into my budget. But that would make your armor class 15. Come on, I'm going to be like Mickey Mouse. I'm just wearing a top and no pants. <laughs> well, this is not your clothes. <laughs> this is merely your armor. Right. Although, if that's your style, you can totally ditch that. <laughs> you know, I'm a dragon, do they? Even? We can get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> You're also proficient in shields. Oh. Plus two to your armor class and you're proficient in it. So when you're using your shield, you could actually add four to your AC. Yeah, let's do that. Now, you can only use one-handed weapons. I want to work my way up to a flaming shield and sword anyway, so... Okay, great. So you want the shield. You want the shield. (laughs) Yeah, let's do the shield, yeah. So you're going to spend 10 gold pieces on that. So we're down to 30. Add four to your armor class when your shield is deployed. So 19. Which is pretty amazing. All right. With that, we can choose our weapons. Basically, the thing you use to deal damage when you're not casting spells. Right. So let's look at the simple melee weapons here. So you're you're proficient in all of these. The thing you really want to look at is how much damage you're dealing. Mm. And for most simple weapons, you're rolling a D4 of damage. I feel like the good tactic here is is what deals the most damage while still being a one-handed weapon because you want to use your shield. It feels like it wants to be an axe. A hand axe? Yeah, you get the 1d6 slashing, and this can be... Oh, it's thrown. I see. Well, and, and you have the option. You can use it in close range combat, or you can throw it just like the spear, just like the javelin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to go hand axe? Yeah, let's do a hand axe. That'll cost you five gold. Right, so that's 25 gold now. In that equipment, you're going to write that it does 1d6 slashing damage. Okay, hand axe, 1d6 in equipment. Because you're proficient in it, anytime you roll an attack roll, you're adding your proficiency bonus. So just put plus two to attack in parentheses. Okay. You can also choose a simple ranged weapon. Too soon for magical staffs. Spellcasters do need something from which to cast their spells. So yeah, you could you could have a staff that you're using as your arcane focus. Which would be a, a quarter staff? Well, you could just buy a, a full staff for five gold, and it's just the source of your powers. Let's do that. Yeah, that's your equipment. So I'll have that on my back. I'll have the axe and the shield in my two hands. So, you've gotten your weapons chosen. You've got your armor chosen. There's also other items that you can grab in the shop. You can make that part of your homework if you want to scroll through the rest of the items. Gotcha. You can spend the rest of your gold on random crap that you would have in, like, your backpack. Oh, great. So fill it up with the rest of the things. Exactly. Now, you'll find potential back backgrounds for your character as well within the player's handbook. And they're a cool way to give you some more skill proficiencies if you want to explore that. I usually encourage my players here to maybe deviate from the player's handbook and instead draw from your own backstory and bio, which will be another piece of your homework. You'll build the life history of Saradari. Okay, yeah. Now, this will affect the bonds, flaws, ideals, and traits. Yeah, looking at it. You'll choose something for each of those. Bonds are the things you will buy. By. Ah. It could be family. It could be a loved one. It could be your home. It could be anything that you're attached to. Gotcha. Flaws is exactly what it sounds like. Every character's got them. Right. Ideals is more like bonds. It's like the principles that you abide by as you go through life. Okay. And traits is a catch-all for, for anything else. Any oddities about him. Maybe he's a germaphobe. Maybe he's like Larry <laughs> David. Yeah. The other thing you can decide after you build your backstory is your alignment. Oh, yes. Now, what is what is that? So this is where your character sits on the spectrums of order and morality. Mm. So a character's relationship to law and order can either be lawful, neutral, or chaotic, depending on how law-abiding they are. Uh. Morality exists on a scale of good, 
neutral and evil. Uh-huh. We always list their relationship to order followed by morality. Okay. So in Thunderloot, Edgar's character is always breaking the law. So he's a very chaotic character. Mm-hmm. He's not really doing it for good or evil purposes, just selfish ones. So Edgar would be what we call a chaotic neutral character. Right. So you could be lawful good. You could also be lawful evil. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. You can be chaotic good or you could be true neutral. You could not have an alignment to the law and not have an alignment to morality. I mean, that's more like me. Yeah, that could be. And and I say write your backstory and feel inspired by that. Oh, and then maybe change it accordingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, there's one last thing to talk about when building a character, and that is spell casting. Oh, yes, please. That's my favorite part. Yes. Scroll down to the third page. On the character sheet? Yep. So spell casting class, you're a cleric. Uh-huh. Spell casting ability. Do you see the table, the cleric table on D&D Beyond? The cleric table. So you'll see that the cleric table shows you how many spell slots you have. Ah, I see, yes. You've also got divine domain. Okay. So let me tell you what that is. Yes, please. This is basically how we're gearing your spell casting abilities. You'll be rewarded for doing things that are domain specific. Choose one domain related to your deity. If you click the words divine domain. Yeah, it says knowledge, life, light, nature, tempest, trickery, or war. So you're going to choose one of those. Okay. And if you're worshiping the draconic god of death, I would say... Trickery, tempest, or war would maybe be the the vibe you're looking tempest at. Tempest is bringing up storms. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do uh, tempest. Okay, great. This is encouraging you towards specific spells. Ah, I see. Yes. So for level one, mm-hmm. you've got three cantrips that you know. Okay. And two first level spells. So I've got. It looks like fog cloud and thunder wave. Great. So so let's write down what fog cloud is. Or create a 20-foot radius sphere of fog centered on a point within range. So this is one action. It is a ranged attack. Right. And it can last up to an hour, which would basically be the entire duration of combat. Aren't we also rolling at an advantage? Yep. And you're heavily obscured. We're in a fog. Which means that every time someone's trying to attack you or, or anyone within it, right. they're rolling at a disadvantage. I mean, it's kind of funny in a way, too, that this not-so-bright dragon fills a cave or a room with fog and nobody can see shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other recommended spell is Thunder Wave, yeah. which is a single action. Each creature within a 15-foot range must make a constitution saving throw. And if not, they take 2d8 of damage and get pushed away from you. I like that one. So it packs a wall up. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun one. So write this down. Under your spells in that center box. Thunder Wave. Attack bonus or damage type? Uh, damage type, it's Thunder. And it's uh, it's going to be 2d8 damage on a failed save. 2d8. That means they're going to roll constitution and they have to roll higher than your spell save DC. We're really diving deep here with this guy. I mean, yeah. we're we're getting we're in the nitty gritty right now. And we've only touched the surface. That's the craziest part. Would you like your other power to be the fog cloud or would you like to choose a different one? Let's go with the fog cloud for now, I think. Yeah. Okay, great. So just make a note of that. It is a range of 120 feet and it heavily obscures everyone in the range. 
It can last up to an hour. Wow, that's a long time, especially in a battle. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to now calculate your spell save DC. This is what your enemies need to roll higher than when they're making saving throws. I see. I would defeat them if they don't. Correct, yes. They would take the damage that you wrote down yeah. and be knocked back 10 feet. You can make note of that, too, for Thunder Wave. Right. And this would be listed under uh, spell level one. Oh, level one. There it is. Slots total, you're going to write two. Two. And then slots expended, you won't worry about till gameplay okay so to calculate your spell save dc we're gonna take the number eight and then you're gonna add your proficiency bonus which is two which brings us up to ten plus your ability modifier for your wisdom for clerics oh modifier is four so 14 is your spell save dc the number your enemies need to roll higher than when doing a save yes okay got you otherwise they take the damage yep. that i'm sending to them got you exactly okay all right and then you can look at cantrips you can just google dnd 5e cantrips acid splash blade war blade ward I mean, we got to have a firebolt. So in cantrips, just write firebolt. Yes. And then write what, what the the uh, the damage. You right? hurl a mote of fire at a creature within range up to 120 feet. Make a range spell attack against the target on a hit. They take 1d10 fire damage. Okay, hit 1d10. Gotcha. Two more cantrips. Spare the dying. What is that? You touch a living creature that has zero hit points. Oh, cool. The creature becomes stable. So, Richie, once you lose all of your hit points, mm -hmm. you're what we call dying, right? Right. And you'll see this on your first page, right? Uh-huh. You'll have your max hit points, current hit points, and temporary hit points. Yeah. So, once you're current hit points gets down to zero, you'll roll saving throws. See where it says death saves? Yeah. You'll have to roll above a certain number to not die. Oh, that's a fun that's a fun one to have, I think, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you would you would make someone no longer have to roll for this. They would just be stabilized at zero hit points. Ah, okay. So it keeps it keeps someone in the game. Yeah, keeps them alive. That works. Yep. Spare the dying in cantrips. And then what should I write next to it? So, yeah, it's just instantaneous and it just works. So you don't have to roll anything to make it happen. Great. So one more cantrip for you. Help me pick one here that will be useful for gameplay. Okay. Because so far I'm sort of randomly thinking what would look cool, what would be cool. Yeah, I think something else that can deal some damage is going to be really great. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what would be the best for this character? Let's see, I'd say as some acid or poison action could be good. Let's do it. Acid splash. Acid, gotta have it. Gotta have You it. hurl a bubble of acid at someone within range. Let's do that. They must do a dex saving throw. Dex save. Or take 1d6 of acid damage. Got it. So we have fireball, spare the dying, and acid splash. And your level ones are your fog and your thunder wave, right? Yeah. That's your spells taken care of. Let's calculate your hit points. You don't yet have your hit points, right? No, I do not. There is a D&D &D 5e HP calculator. So my character is a level one cleric. With a constitution modifier of two. two, you said? That would put your HP at level one. So that is a 10. So the hit point maximum is 10. And your hit dice is actually a D8. Okay, so D8. Yeah. Got it? Yeah, 10 is not a lot of hit points. So I'm, I'm kind of a weak little bitch. Well, your AC is incredibly high. Right. Especially when you got that shield up. So you're going to be very hard to hit. Because what's your AC? It's 19. 19, yeah. That's, people are going to be very rarely hitting you. When they do hit you and they're rolling damage... 
that's a scary situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, trying to see if you have the tough feature. I'm going to just say you do. Add two to your hit points. So, you'll have 12 total. Okay. Great. So, Richie. Yes. When next we meet, I will walk you through a tutorial gameplay with the character that you have built. Who's a little stupid, but he can fill a room with smoke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, your homework is to write your backstory. Yeah. Write your bonds and flaws. Yeah. Those four categories. And then write your alignment once you've chosen it. Saradari the Wise. Saradari the Wise is coming at us next time when we hit... D&D 301. Richie, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I hope I passed this class. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or corrections, hit us up on Patreon or social media. You can find us using the handle at MythicThunderloot on Instagram and TikTok and at MTLPod on Twitter. This episode was written by me, Michael Darty, and my fabulous special guest, Richard R. Henry, edited by Alex Kuyper and underscored by Dan Kazimi. We've got merch. Head on over to mythicthunderloot.com slash shop to purchase a Roscoe potholder or an iHeart Giovanni Chubb t-shirt. A quick shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Archer Wagner. We have got volume two of our album dropping soon, D&D 301 coming at you next month, and the premiere of season 1.5 premiering this winter. And winter, my friends, will eventually be here. We'll catch you next time on... Mythic Thunder Loot. Thank you. Did I do okay? Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.